All right. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Time and Place, the gospel conversation show where we discuss faith on the fringes and do our best to apply God's word to God's world. I'm Solomon and this is Julian. And today we're going to talk about Sola Christus. But first, Julian, what the heck is going on in the world today? The uh, not a scandal that should be a scandal. The end of COVID, maybe? End? Uh, end of masks, maybe? It's still not clear. The Fauci email leak that yeah. undoes everything or doesn't? I don't really know yet. So COVID's over? I, apparently it's over. Everybody's acting like it is. Is this like Is this like in uh, the... Uh, like war in Afghanistan where they had that big like mission accomplished banner and <laughs> but we're still there. For like twenty years later. <laughs> we're still there. <laughs> well, everybody still has all the signs up, like limit this or masks if you enter, but nobody cares anymore. Like they don't say anything, they don't even try. So Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, it's I not like it's, it's not hard. being enforced. But I mean even H E B now is optional. So right. that just that just happened yesterday or today. Where it's where it's optional now, and we were there today, and there was a lot without masks, um, maybe half or more that was out without masks, and that yeah. was not the way just like a few days ago. Um, but I and mean, that's a big one. H E B not made mandatory is a big one because almost everybody goes to H E B, and so they're gonna start getting more comfortable with taking a mask off, whatever. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. The big one for me was Barnes and Noble. Yeah, when Barnes and Noble dropped it. I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> It's over. This Half is the price, end. dude. Half, Half price. price. Yeah, because they Half. were militant. Yeah, they were. They were Nazis with freaking masks. I'm like, hey, and, and we just even kind of was down. Like, hey, yeah. hey sir, sir, <laughs> sir. Yeah, several of those. Sir, can you get over your nose, please? This is the whole God. everything. It's like we're in that weird. It's like when you want to break up with somebody, but you haven't yet. <laughs> but they kind of know. So you're just like, are we? Are we not? Yeah. It's a weird and, place to be. That's that. That's, that was the worst about that in high school, with like breakups and stuff. Because yeah, I would always just like like kind of let it fizzle out, and then to where the breakup essentially was kind of like, hey, so uh, you know, are we, uh, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, okay, all right, well, I'll see you. <laughs> that's kind of how it is with COVID. It's just kind of like, well, these are not rock solid relationships to begin with, mind you. <laughs> well, neither was this pandemic, apparently. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's what it's, I knew it was gonna be like a like a so a slow uh, fade out because it, I don't think it was ever gonna be like okay, everybody, you can take your mask off. We're done, you know. And even if like we took some survey of like everyone's vaccinated, like everyone in this city is vaccinated. Okay, all right, everybody, you're you're good to take out. There's never gonna be like an announcement to say right. we're done. Take your mask off, right? It was always just gonna have to be like you just gotta do it, or you know, just start. Start taking it off. Like just start right. being being normal, living normal again. But yeah, well, you know, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever get there because now there's people who are vaccinated who are still like, no, we got to keep it on. Yeah, I mean, or at this flu season they want to go back to it. Like, uh, I mean, at this stuff. at this point, it's like known that it's for feelings and not for right. yeah. science. It's not right. actually following CDC guidelines or science. It's like, well. It just makes people feel better, you know. Yeah. It's like, well, what are we doing then? Like, why? Just you know, how much we could be doing to like make people feel better, you know? Um, and I mean, like, because Biden said it's it's patriotic to wear a mask. It's like, okay, well, now right. what are we? Is that why we're doing it? We're trying to be patriots. Like, just what if I don't care about being patriotic? 
<laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> but I don't know. Well, that's exciting. So what's what's still um is there anything that's still like super locked down? I don't not here. That's I mean yeah, here, San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. Over here pretty much everybody's over it. So yeah. I, I don't know what the other states are still I think New York is still doing the COVID passport vaccine. Oh, I heard Broadway is opening back in September. Oof. So I don't know what it's like there still or who's vaccinated or how things are going, but uh, for September, like, man, I mean, like when it starts getting colder and like flu season's <laughs> going <laughs> after they've been sitting inside all year and their immune systems drop and they're going to go out, sit in a crowded theater and catch something else besides COVID. That's like two years, two years that they've been locked up. Yeah. Yep. Man. Uh, I mean, that the, the second boot's going to drop in, I think, two weeks when unemployment runs out here. What do you mean run out? Like they're going to stop giving it to you. We just print more money. No, no. That, see, okay, yes, that's the thing. Like they're never going to run out of money, but the governor is refusing to accept the money. Oh, uh, okay. So uh, everybody who's like, I'm not going to get a job is going to have to go get a job. And then uh, you have to wait five hours at Sonic anymore. Well, you mean everybody's being paid more to yes, exactly stay home? That. Honestly, bro, like, I mean, seriously, like, why would you work? Like, yeah, if, I, if, I was working, if, if we were working at a comic book store again, right, right. or something, and, and then all this happens, and we're getting paid whatever there, and then we're, we get paid more to stay home, stay home. it's like, well, I don't want to go freaking back. <laughs> so, I think, I think uh, and what's, what happened in a lot of people's minds is they think, well, we know this won't last forever. Right. We know that things will go back to normal, but I want to make as much money as I can, you know, while well, I can. <laughs> yeah. And so they're going to have to force me to go back to work. And they're just kind of, I don't think anybody's going to be like surprised. Like what? It's over. Like we have to work. And, you know, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised. I think they're just trying to ride it out as long as possible. Yeah. To make as much money as possible, which I mean, for doing nothing. Right. So it's like that. Why would anybody want to choose otherwise? You know? I mean, it's not like the doctors are the one this that this happening to, you know, or people who love their job or like people who, you know, it's all the, you know, day workers and stuff and retail people are just like, I don't right. want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about the other day, me and some friends, how the whole, like, the landscape of everything has changed to where I think it would have gone anyway, but now faster. Like, like the checkout lines where it's like self-check, that oh. was like a novelty before, but now it's primary. Dude, every time I use one of those... I end up having to call somebody over. And like, <laughs> well, you're not doing it right. <laughs> I know what. That's why I don't do it. I get mad because I'm like, I'll, I'll have like a few things, like like two or three things, and I'll be in the express lane, and they're like, "Sir, we have a self checkout over here," <laughs> and I'm like, "So I either so I either look like an idiot and say no, I'd rather wait in line, right." Or I go try and use the self checkout and, and and need to call somebody over and still look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> See, I exclusively use the self checkout at places now. I mean, I do. It's not so. It's not. It's not as bad as I'm saying, but like you know. But you think that would be worse because everybody's touching the same thing. Yeah, you know? but it's also. I mean, it's faster. That's the thing. The convenience outweighs the risk. So everybody just faster. fly through. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we went to, we went to Target, and that's all that was open. Like, yeah. They had all the other. Registers closed except for the like six 
check self checkout, and it was moving. I mean, people yeah. were going through. Walmart's like that. The the only one that's open, I think, is the lane for like tobacco and and alcohol, but everything else is just self check. They got rid like they redid the store. They got rid of rows of checkout lanes and just put two giant self checkout areas. Well, there's never any of them at any of them anyway. Even though when there wasn't self checkout, you'd have like ten yeah, registers <laughs> and like two cashiers, and they open another freaking register. <laughs> First world problems, right? These are <laughs> some people have real well, problems. Until the economy collapses, and then we're all gonna be having third world problems. Yeah, man. But we'll see. That'll be a couple of decades, maybe. Yeah, our kids have to worry about that. Yeah, I'll be gone by then. Yeah. We'll get I mine. diabetes. I'll be way yeah. gone by then. I got mine. So remember. Man, it's weird to think about kids how kids won't remember a world without internet, you know? I mean, yeah. we barely do, you know. Right. But um, yeah, or cell phones and stuff. I didn't get I didn't get a cell phone till I was eighteen. Yeah, I think I was seventeen, eighteen when I got one. Yeah, because I think I had to like pay for it. I was like, well, I, don't, I had to get a job or something. So <laughs> <laughs> same, with dri- same with driving. Like I had to, I didn't uh, drive till I was like eighteen because I would have to stop doing school activities and debate and theater and actually get a job after school. I had, to pay, I had to pay for the insurance or whatever. <laughs> Just to even pay for insurance. And I lived so close to school, I could walk. So I was like, oh, so whatever. So I never like, yeah. <laughs> but then I moved to Albuquerque and with my dad, he's like, you're getting a job and you're getting a car. Like, okay. <laughs> now it's going to be menus. But, menus and they're not going to have any concept of. Dude, we need to Netflix cars. We need to th- – you think about Netflix. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to throw something out there. And, okay. and, you, and you're going to say, that's crazy. There's no way, right? Just like they did with Netflix. Um, so basically have a ride within five minutes anytime you need it. You don't need to own a car. And you can just in, – in a place like San Antonio right? where you just pay a subscription, pay – 100 200 bucks a month less than a car payment right and have a ride anytime you ever need one no matter what guaranteed all the time are you driving it or is somebody picking you up it's like uber like ride share okay. basically or self-driving cars basically um but yeah basically like you you don't have to own a car you don't have to buy a car and pay and keep up with it you can just have the subscription service and have literally have a ride anywhere anytime you need one that's like within, like, like, like with a, like with a waiting time of like five minutes. Right, not like an Uber where you gotta wait. Right, minutes. you gotta sit around and yeah, but like, but like, every, like it's it's streamlined, it's seamless, right? Hmm. That I mean, that's not a that's, terrible that, idea. Yeah. Because problem, you think though, about like I can have a movie or a song anytime right now. Right. You know, like thirty years ago, that's you're nuts. Like, what are you talking about? There's CDs, there's DVDs. There's, you know, entertain all those kind of entertainment things, hard copy stuff. Right. That's like, there's no way you got to go down and buy a, buy a CD or whatever, you know, and now it's all cloud. Now it's all internet. Now it's all in your hand and stuff, you know, and it, it, it's, it sounds absurd and ridiculous, but what I also, I think would have to happen for some sort of massive rideshare subscription like that would be, and I said this before. I said this before because I, I had this idea for a long time, and uh, yeah, well, what about rush hour? Like everybody's going to be in a different car right. and going, getting to work, whatever. Well, if it's working from home, yeah, there's that's no true. rush hour anymore. So, but and that's how it works. The cold, the 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 society changes 
to provide for new technologies and new products and things, right? Like you see a societal right. shift and now something like this where everybody works from home, like if 90% of people work from home, okay, well, there goes rush hour and there goes right. the main problems that you're trying to solve for this rideshare business. Right. Then it's really just casual or utility, you know. Right. You just go to the going, store. Yeah, and you, don't, you can't be late to the grocery store, right? It's like, even, I'll, be, yeah, even I'll then, be late for work, you know. You, I mean, at that point, why are you going to the grocery store? They'll deliver it to you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So anywhere you would need to go to a car is increasingly cut down. Right. And it's being driven to you. And so it's all delivery trucks and self-driving. Those probably self-driving too. So hmm. I don't know, man. I think that's what happens. That's how it works is like a society changes and the technology shifts with it. And, you know, things get crazy. What time I, to be alive, man. I know. It's like the whole shift that we were talking about it. Like, we don't uh, the QR code for the menu where you just scan it and you get it on your phone. Way yeah. more convenient, Dude, way better. Menus are the most disgusting things <laughs> I've ever touched. They're all sticky. Like at IHOP, they're like peeling the syrup pages <laughs> apart. See the kids sneezing on it before they yeah. take it. Back. And you see them back there just like wiping them down with a <laughs> with a wet just rag a wet they got rag from the bathroom. That they had in their just, pocket. Yeah. It's- <laughs> this throw disgusting. I remember we went to Denny's. Oh first things, things were first opening up. We went to Denny's and they had the the paper paper menus printed out, mm-hmm. right? Single the use, the single yeah. use one time. But they were not single using them. They would come. Oh, they would like they, they, they would they would put a, a print a printed menu paper on there. I'm like, this is obviously just pull from another <laughs> it's still got grease yes it's got grease spots it's like food I'm like this is disgusting you can't even clean this oh, either you're supposed to throw these away <laughs> yeah that was gross but uh yeah the qr code things i mean it's stuff like that man dude it's so funny so the uh the guy who founded oracle larry ellison he there's this movie or it's like a documentary i think it's called pirates of silicon valley or something like that and it's like steve jobs that, yeah. and larry ellison it's a documentary about tech and the you know it's it made like in the late 90s yeah, mid, yeah. mid mid to late 97 something like that mm-hmm. hey, and they're talking about computers and they're talking about silicon valley and tech and the tech bubble and all these you know innovation and things they're doing and it's so weird dude because at that time, it was like Microsoft, and you would have to like buy the disc, right, to like yeah, put yeah. the new software on your computer or whatever or anything, a song, anything. It was like the CD discs or whatever. And, uh, and there's a part in there where Larry Ellison, he says, he's saying, it drives me nuts. This is so insane to me. He's like, you put – you you." Get the software. You put it in a box. You put the box on a truck. You take the truck to a store. You put the box on a shelf. And then you have to drive down to the store, pick up the <laughs> box, go check it out, take the box home. He's like, put it on the net. Put it on the internet. He called it net back then. So we call yeah, it, back then. it was hip. <laughs> the net. Then like, Bullock it, was on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put it on the net. He's like, put it on the internet. It's all bits and pieces. Just put it yeah. on the internet. You can download it from the internet. And it's like, and, and every, you know, it's like, okay, whatever, dude. And it's like, dude, no, that's how everything works. <laughs> no, that's how everything works. And well, it had so to be that, that generational shift because that's how people thought of stuff. Like, you go to the store and buy it. What do you mean? It just comes to the computer. Yeah. And it's hard, dude, because, like, I, I kind of – that's kind of – when I worked for Oracle, uh, we would sell that. And it would be hard to understand even what we're selling because we would be selling cloud data storage. 
for like a lot of time, but we'd also right. sell like apps and programs and stuff called SaaS, which is like software as a service, which is like, we're not going to give you the software, but we're going to allow you, we're going to allow you access to the software. Dude, this is how nuts it gets. Like you used to be like, okay, I'm going to download windows or whatever. I'm going to get the CD and put it on or whatever new program I want to run. And I'm going to put it on my computer. And then it was like, oh, okay, I'm going to download it from the internet. Cool. And right. now it's like, no, 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 you're going to pay and we're going to give you access to use the software as a service. Dude, it gets so weird. It's like, did you, what did you pay, are we was paying it for? Was it one time or was it like uh, well, it'd be like a Well, it would be like a three-year contract or something. And then okay. it would get renewed or whatever. But yeah, it's the weirdest thing, man. Because then it's like, I had to like wrap my head around it. And someone was saying like, I kind of, I finally figured it out of like, I said, okay, so it's, it's kind of like whether if I buy a lawnmower versus a hire someone to mow my lawn. Right. Right. It's like, we're giving you the lawnmower is right. like software sale, but SAS is like, we're going to mow the lawn for you. And like right. the service is a for service, a it's not a product, but right. that's like everything, dude. That's like yeah. Netflix. I'm not buying yes. anything. Right. I'm just logging in, you know, we <laughs> don't so own weird. any music anymore. It's weird. And that's what's weird too, because then it's like, if you don't own it, you don't own it. Right. Like a, a copy, like a hard copy. Cause like, if you were like, okay, I'm just going to watch Gone with the Wind. It's my favorite movies ever. And it's always going to be streaming somewhere. Right. So I'll just rely on that. And then it's like, nope, it's racist. So it's being pulled. Yeah. Through. Yes. And it's like, dang that. Well, okay. <laughs> well, what else I get aside is racist. And <laughs> you know, and, and I think about the iTunes movies too, like a download a movie. Yeah. And it's like, well, what if something happens and they think that this is not good anymore? Are they going to take that from me and give me my money back or something? Or even not give me my money, give back, your money back? Yeah, they'll just take it from me. What if Apple goes bankrupt? Like if I always money on iTunes, do I still have it? No, it's gone. No, really? Yeah. No. It's just a digital asset that you're buying. Okay, so the way my friend explained this to me, uh, you, you're you buying the license to use the asset. You're not buying the asset. So if they lose the license – your money was spent for the time they <laughs> – like 2001 huh? with the <laughs> – The bone. <laughs> like the monkey with the bone. Basically, yeah. Basically, you're renting the you're renting the thing from them, and if, if they lose the thing, well, then it's just gone. So that money that you spent renting it is lost money. It's not like a deposit. But you downloaded it. Right. But it can be – you know, if you ever update anything, it's gone. I guess if you don't update, you'll still have it there. Well, because that's my thing. It's like, okay, how do I watch these movies? I go to my iTunes map app. Right. You know, what if iTunes yeah. blows up and doesn't isn't a company anymore? <laughs> it's like, well, I guess you won't have an iTunes map app unless someone okay, like well, buys their assets and moves it over. That's what it'd be. That's, that's would yeah, be Amazon and just buy it out. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I, do, I have started going to CD exchange and buying CDs again and like DVDs and Blu-rays. Yeah, just for stuff like that, because it's streamings. They do switch too. like if I only have Netflix and then it gets off of Netflix, I'm not going to go buy Hulu just to watch this movie. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, anyway, <laughs> it's a tangent. Trying to solve the problems of the tech age. I know I'm trying to survive Ooh. in the tech age, man. I'm trying to survive. Oh, it's going to go back to analog. That's the way to do it. Out of just like nostalgia. Nostalgia and convenience, I think, at a certain extent. Convenience? Yeah, because like it's How's like that problem. Like the office is off of Netflix. Is everybody gonna buy Peacock if they want to watch the office? 
well, it's not convenience then. That's like availability or like oh, yeah, I guess availability is a better word. Access or something like convenient, way more convenient to just get some <laughs> to buttons. cancel Netflix and go to Peacock. Yeah. That's Dude, I'm I, not jumping subscriptions. I've had it to where like I I know I I, I own a uh, Blu-ray, but I don't know really where it is, and <laughs> and I'm like it's like four ninety nine on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I buy, like, I'll buy yeah, iTunes movies yeah. that I don't know if I'm going to like. You buy them? Yeah, like if it's a four ninety nine, because they do a lot of sales all the time. So if it's like yeah, five yeah. bucks for a movie I might hate, yeah. I'll, I'll get it. But if I'm going to buy like the Criterion release, like I better know I like that movie. You know what would be cool about that and what kind of sucks about buying hard copies of stuff is that you'll buy like the Matrix trilogy, mm-hmm. you know, box set, whatever, right. at Best Buy. And then the Matrix Four comes out. It's like, <laughs> well, now what do I do now? Like, just like have the box, cool box set, and then the fourth one by you know itself. What? I have, or do I buy the the quad? You know, <laughs> I have the X Men trilogy box set right now on on my shelf from like one, two, and three, the Last Stand, before they made a million of them. <laughs> now you're way off. <laughs> yeah, I'm way off. It's yeah. like eight movies now. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Bond movies. You get you can get like those right. sixteen movie set, and then they're still coming out. It's like, well, then how, I mean, what do I do with that? What we call with digital is because they do the same thing with digital, like buy the trilogy or buy yeah, the, yeah. you know, thing. But and it's like, well, if you've, if you've already bought that, we'll give you the new one, include it or something right. for cheaper or Great something. Discount. That'd be cool because then you're already getting, you already have all 10 Mission Impossible movies. And now <laughs> the next one comes, it's like a, it's like one of those hole punchers for a sandwich store. You, get the, <laughs> you got all 10. Here's your free ten. one. Here's your free movie. <laughs> You know what I don't like though about streaming too is they don't have like special features. You know, I thought about that too because Blu-ray has all those in like yep. the Criterion collection and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You can YouTube all that, man. Yeah, you can if you if you you can just Google search Back mm-hmm. to the Future behind the scenes and you'll get everything. I mean, they'll have you'll have you know everything's on the internet. So, so what's the solution, man? No. But, but anyway, after that tangent, I know. Get to the point. Get to something much simpler. <laughs> <laughs> something I understand. Just something we can for sure simplify in a two-hour discussion tonight. Yeah. The exclusivity <laughs> of Christ mm. is the only way to God. Is the only true religion. Right. It's the only true yeah. that exists of anything. You just um, become a bigot in one sentence. Right. Well, you know. Yeah. Solar Christus. We're doing the five solas. We did uh, Sola Fide, which is faith alone. Now we're doing Sola Christus, which is Christ alone. So Christ alone. What like when when someone says that or Sola Christus, whatever. What do you what do you think of? What's kind of the first like like verses or just kind of thing that you think of? How pops in your head? What do you say? Christ one, alone. I think the the maybe the Sunday school one or the biggest one that everybody knows is the I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. No one comes to the Father but by me. Right, John fourteen six. That's the that's the like I can't think of a more exclusive claim than that one. <laughs> right. Um, well, Acts four twelve, and there is salvation, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Well, I mean that's it. Like okay, like you know, there you go. But right. it's exclusive. So you're saying like Jesus is the only way. Right. Right. So that sounds like, well, what if I really believe in 
Allah? <laughs> or what if I really believe in something else? And just sincerely, because right. sincerity, you know, um, what, what about that? I mean, you saying that person is wrong? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was a, that was a well, they're saying I'm wrong. Like, aren't they? Yeah, right. That, <laughs> that's what's funny. Like it's a dirty word, but like all the major faiths are exclusive. That don't like have Judaism, to Islam, they're both exclusive. Right. Christianity is, is exclusive. Mormonism is exclusive. Everything's exclusive. Is that the nature of belief, especially religious belief, mm. is is it exclusivity, right? right? I mean, that has to be it because if I just say, well, okay, well, I believe Christ is the only way, and I also believe that Allah is the only It's like, well, you can't believe both of those things are the only way, right? Right, right. right. So every all religions are exclusive, and even the non-religious are exclusive because they're saying their way of thinking is the right way, or that you know. Well, that's that's true in a world of absolute truths and not relative truths. Right. Which of course, reality is absolute truth, but current thinking is not. But you can't even. But with religion, it's different because we have a written we have written words. We have right. these verses like "I'm the only way." And it's like, okay, well, you can't call yourself a Christian and then deny that, right? So, I mean, right. you can you can say relative, and if you're an atheist or something, you can you don't have any like written down core tenets of the belief in like principles and, and have it laid out. Then you can say, well, I'm just making this up as I go along. So, yeah, sure, you're right too, and whatever. Right. But if you have a creed or scripture that says, yeah, a lot of, <laughs> you know. Allah is the only way, or this is the this is the truth of you know the true way. I'm okay. Then that you can't you can't believe always are true, and that that word also is true. So it's just contradictory ideas. Um, but yeah, so everything's exclusive uh, unless you know. If as soon as you say I believe or I, I, I'm putting my faith in this, then you're being exclusive, right? Because you're dealing in absolutes. I mean Yes, uh, except contemporary, you know, ex-evangelical or whatever you want to call it, progressive Christianity. Evangelical. Yeah, they have that tint of like, well, this is these words are mostly true. And then when it's like, well, which ones are not true? What's the offensive ones? <laughs> well, what's offensive today? I don't know. Today it used to be true. It was, it was true yeah. yesterday, but now it's not true not because some, because someone got offended. So now it's not true. Offense, being offensive is is means it's not true if it's offensive yeah. to someone then, then that means it can't be true <laughs> i mean yeah. that's also kind of a hallmark of religion is <laughs> offense to somebody right i mean and that used to just kind of go with the territory too right like right. as far as like well of course you believe that you're a christian right you right. know and now it's like i can't believe you you know you're a christian and you actually <laughs> believe what it says you know and that's why i think like a big this is one of those big dividing lines of uh, just saying you're a Christian, because I think a lot of people can just say I'm a Christian and especially in America and Texas that, well, everybody's a Christian. We're all, you know, yeah. Okay. But then you say like, no, 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 I believe Christ is the only way and that the Bible is God's actual words. And they're like, okay, now you're weird. Right. You know, that, that, sets, that sets you apart and that sets, sets you different, even among Christians. You know, people who claim to be Christian. So, yeah, that's and that's kind of what these whole solas are. We're talking about, you know, it, it, like these these are device, divisive issues, mm -hmm. and it, we're kind of talking about that too about like close-handed issues, right? And how 
uh, in Christianity, we have these like open-handed issues and closed-handed issues and um, what's agree to disagree and what's like, no, this is detrimental mm-hmm. to the faith, whatever. And I think we're getting really loosey-goosey with the mm-hmm. open-handed stuff. Right. I think the more you think things through, especially if you have conversations with people, because I was having a conversation mm-hmm. with somebody about Calvinism, and that's one of those like closed-handed issues. But as our conversation progressed, this person ended up defending the heresy of Molinism, which is that God can be surprised. And, right. and the idea of middle knowledge, there's this other knowledge that God learns as well, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, is that a closed-handed issue? Is that an open-handed issue? I don't think so, but this is where we got. Once you think things through, you get to a close-handed issue pretty quick on a lot of these issues. So, well, I, I think the open-handed, like the the abundance of open-handed issues, kind of comes with the idea of like the sales pitch, right? Because mm. like whenever you're someone trying to sign you up for something, some kind of subscription service or some kind of new switch phone plans or whatever, they always throw in the other thing or waive the fee or whatever it is, right? Like we'll take off the insurance fee for this month and you can keep it. And you know if you don't like it, we'll take it off, but it'll roll over. It's kind of the same thing. It's like oh well, you don't like the Calvinism aspect. We'll just that's open hand. You don't have to believe that, or you know you don't like the idea that uh, I don't know. Maybe you 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 feel like baptism is uh, a regenerative act. Then you know that's we're not clear on that. That's open handed. So you can believe that about baptism as long as you believe it's essential or whatever. Yeah. Well, and I think too we don't know enough about these things, and so yes. the conversations around them get really muddled. Right. And, and just really bad. So, you know, so then when we do have them, it does become a needlessly divisive issue where you actually probably agree, but you're just mm. so bad at talking about it that <laughs> you, someone ends up leaving the church or something. Mm-hmm. And so now it's an issue and now it's a problem. And so like, just don't talk about that. It's like, you know, we were somewhere the other day too, and we were having dinner with family and stuff. And it's like, okay, no politics or religion. You know, don't talk politics or religion. And say okay, and that's like a general rule in a lot of households right, yeah. and stuff, and Thanksgiving and whatever. But the problem is, that's a the problem is that's a rule even among like a, a man and his family in the home, mm-hmm. but the wife and the kids, right? They, they end up not talking about politics or religion. So then, guess what? No one ever knows how to talk about politics <laughs> or religion because we never do it. And I understand it's hard. It's like just it's it's hard. People get offended, so just don't say anything because we don't want to blow up or whatever. But I think what we ought to do is start teaching each other and learning how to talk about these things, these quote unquote open handed issues and close handed issues or whatever. So then when it does come up, we can have an intelligent conversation about it and not Mm -hmm. just, you know, get pissed off and and just start hating each other. Right. So just maturity, I guess is is, is what I'm really talking about and knowing your Mm -hmm. faith and knowing about these things. And yeah, it's just the discipleship of it. Discipleship in all aspects I think that's the thing that we, you know, when we think about discipleship, sometimes we think about like, oh, memory verses and uh, quiet times and but not like how it applies to every aspect of life, like how we should think about politics or how we should think about uh, economic issues or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, and that and that's that's Christ, too, because it's right. like, OK, well, you're the Jesus people and you're the Buddha people and you're right. the and it's like, well, no, like Jesus. And that's what something that's part of Christ as well is that. We don't believe this is just like true for us or just true for the Christian religion right. or like just kind of this way. We believe that this is everything. Yes. Like John, John 1, 1, 3, you know, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. 
So like the entire Bible is about Christ and the entire world is points to Christ. Right. And he's that, that ultimate like hero of the story. So yeah. And that's, and that's different than a lot of other religions where it's just kind of like, well, according to our tradition or according to this way or this culture or this, this time or this ethnicity or this hemisphere or whatever. It's like, no, 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 this is like a world conquering thing. You know, Christ has authority over all the world. So I think we've saw that a little bit. Like, you know, when you talk about the fact that he created everything, like the Bible kind of goes a step past that even further in uh, in Hebrews uh, 1, 3, where it talks about how he upholds creation by the word of his power. Yeah. Like not only did he make everything, but the only reason it keeps Staying. going is because he holds it together. If he, yeah. if he decided not to, it wouldn't. And that creates certain certainties about the future that we can hold on to and that we can trust. Whereas in, without Christ, you don't have that certainty of even like physics. You right, know, right. and and that's the problem with in, you know in, induction. Where like, mm-hmm. how, how do we know the future will be like the past? Right. And so, and the best answer we can give is to say, well, because it always has been. Well, like atheist Bertrand Russell said, that's just begging the question. Right. It's it's a it's a thing that not not a lot of people really think about, and especially atheists think about like, how do you know that tomorrow will be like today? And the honest answer is you don't. And even even in something like gravity. Even on something, you know, these things that we pretty should have down of like, no, we can, it's, it's extremely right. reliable. It's like, yeah, but there's no certainty. You can't know. Whereas the verse that like you just said, he's sustaining the world. It's by power. Okay. That's how we know. And that God right. created certain things with order. And so we know, and even if it's not like we know that there won't, there won't be an earthquake or a hurricane or something, there, there won't be an earthquake in San Antonio tomorrow because there never has been or something. Right, we, okay. Right. Okay. You know, we can say that. And then there's an earthquake tomorrow. Okay. Well, what do you say about that? You know, we, you, you knew, but you didn't know. And it goes even beyond that too, because certain things that are, that are promised to us is, is that God's will will be played out. Right. I know right. that. I, I may not know what that looks like or what the next steps that he will, how things will play out, you know, in the world. But I know it'll be his way and his will. And so that's a certainty that we can have, you know, in Christ as well. And that he'll be ruling and reigning over the earthquake that happens tomorrow, too, or whatever it is. We can have those certainties uh, about Christ. And it's kind of funny because in that certainty is like the comfort of the Christian life, right? That whatever circumstances come, and that's that's that, that idea of the peace that surpasses all understanding. Whatever circumstances come, this is the will of God. This is how it's meant to play out. There's no accident. He's not absent. He's not hands off in the situation. But for the most part, like the American church just doesn't agree with that certainty or that control. So they disregard that comfort as well. Like yeah. if, if you're apart from the, the, if God's will is not sovereign, I don't know how you can be comfortable in any situation ever. That's the attempt to get God off the hook, right? Because it's like, well, God's will is that everybody's comfortable and happy all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and no pain and no everything say well then why then so his his he's not getting what he wants right so and that's a weird thing you know for an all-powerful god can't you know should be in control but isn't and is constantly thwarted right. by human beings or by the weather or by you know <laughs> whatever, whatever might happen and that's just not the god of the bible so yeah sovereignty for sure uh is is huge there um yeah, it's the it's the certainty that no matter what happens, it is His will, and that 
that's what we can lean on. And it, that's the opposite view of complete chaos because the other uh, without that is just complete chaos and needless pain, purposeless right. pain, purposeless yes. uh, sadness or, 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 you know, evil, purposeless right. evil, purposeless pain or whatever. Whereas with God, there is no purposeless pain, right? Mm-hmm. And so everything's for, we may not know what that is, but right. we know that it's not surprising God right now. And that right. this is part of some other big plan. And I can take comfort in that. So I have pain. Something happens in my life and it's painful. But I know that this is not taking God by surprise. He has his purposes for his will, for his glory. And I, and I can take comfort in that because he is God and he is in control, even of this situation or whatever. And so. part of that is the – the I mean, that's the exclusivity of Christ, right? Like whatever had that was his – mechanism that was his plan for salvation for reconciliation was christ and christ alone not any other thing not any other person or effort or object but christ exclusively yeah yeah i mean and that's the nature of like i said the nature of belief in, in religion is, is exclusivity everybody is exclusive in their beliefs so i mean i don't know why that's so offensive mm. i think it's because the sincerity of other people believing false things mm. And they're so sincere, they're so devout, they followed all the rules, they, they dedicated their life to this, and they're just wrong. Right. And that's hard for people to accept. And, and so you say, well, everyone's right, you know? <laughs> like, like losing sucks, like in like sports. Right. Losing sucks. And it's like, I, this, this feeling is, is bad. This feeling is bad. <laughs> so let's just give everyone a trophy. Yes. So then, well, let's not keep score. You tried or, your best. That's what right. Happens. Right, but it doesn't sometimes. Like sometimes yeah. you try you try your best and you fail. Gerard's been watching the old Rugrats because it's on. I forget what it's on Hulu. I think. And uh, he was watching the Christmas one today because it was just the next one that was on. <clears throat> and there's this whole you know thing going on where they're like, oh, Santa gives you coal if you're bad. If you're good, you get a present or whatever. And uh, Angelica, who's the brat of the cartoon, gets a toy even though she's been bad. And Santa Claus says to her. Sometimes trying to be good is as good as just being good in the first place. A for effort. And I thought to myself, yeah, I thought to myself, that's such a weird way to phrase that, and also not true at all. Like, well, I meant to be good. I just, you know, I did the thing anyway, but I meant not to. That counts, right? Yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of like you're talking about. Like, they they wanted to be, they they were sincere and devoted, and you know, did all the the. They checked the list, but they checked the wrong one, and they were sincere to the wrong thing, and they were devoted to the wrong thing. Like, can we give them credit? Can we just move it over? Yeah. And I think a lot of people with religion look at it as, like, just a social scaffolding that is good for people. That's how, like, Ben Shapiro and, like, I think a lot of Jewish people see it uh, of, like, well, it's good for humanity. So, you know, it's good to have these things um, because it, it promotes order and structure and civility and it's how we can have a society is because we follow rules and all these things it's like well then okay if that's your reason if that's your end goal uh then 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 why not other religions right yeah you know i mean you can you can kind of just pick because they all kind of provide some version of that you know some kind of church some kind of assembly of like-minded believers of, of whatever um, so yeah, go ahead. Like just even a cult, 
like join this cult right. and they're cleaning up the streets like okay <laughs> you know and it's so I'm going to tell you what to do. And so you have they're guidance. They're all in harmony. They're all united for the same purpose. They have common right. goals. Like that's what everybody wants for America, right? So why not that one? Right. And But I mean, you can get that in like a, like a sports team though. Right. And in, you know, anything, you know, school and, and whatever you get um, a government. I mean, essentially that's what government right. is, is just like creating rules and creating order and keeping people in line and stuff. But um, the crisis is different because that's, it's not um, so. First Corinthians fifteen twelve through nineteen says, "Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be uh, we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that He raised Christ." whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope, in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Mm. So if we're doing this whole Christian thing for a nice social scaffolding and good moral code, and just kind of, well, it's better than aimless chaos and it's better than you know whatever we are of all people most to be pitied right your faith is in vain if christ did not rise from the dead and so look all the nice lessons all the moral scaffolding all the moral structure whatever no it's all <laughs> crap i mean it is because you still you're still in your sins and that's a big thing too people don't really believe in sin and so right. there's no reason for christ without sin right so yeah, and so that's, you know, without Christ and without him crucified and, and resurrected, this is all meaningless. Mm. So there's no value in the community, in the, you know, whatever, if, if Christ is not raised. Because we saw still in our sins. It's a community of sinners. Yes. It's a community of dead sinners. It's a moral code for dead sinners. You know what I mean? I mean, if we're all dead, and it's Christ that brings life. So, okay, Give me the morality. Give me the community. Give me the, okay, it's all for dead bones. Mm. Who cares about the community of dead bones? <laughs> and I think people are, to, people are starting to realize that too. The the unbelievers who were in church aren't in church anymore because it is that like, well, if all I'm getting from this is rules and like friends, I can get that anywhere. Right. I can just, I can go to, I can go to concerts and find friends. I can join a, a Facebook group and have structure. Like I don't need that from, from this people that also has all these rules I have to follow. Yeah, that that aren't socially acceptable for this right. time and place, right. for you know, in, in the world. So yeah, it's 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 hard to explain these things and and it's countercultural. So why not just do something that is cultural and right. just go with the flow? Or countercultural in a chic way that at least has some kind of you know social cachet instead of this outdated like oh Christianity that's it. Yeah, that's so loaded. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. And with that, I mean, with the uh, the exclusivity is also the other aspect that I, I've kind of been thinking about a lot through conversations we've had with friends and stuff that I've seen on Facebook and, and Instagram and posts, uh, the, the sufficiency of Christ, mm. along with the exclusivity, you know, hand in hand, because if he's exclusive, then he has to be sufficient also, right? It's implied. Mm -hmm. If this is all you need, then this is all you need. Right. 
But the, yeah. the human tendency is to think, well, that can't be it. Like there's gotta yeah. be more. Yeah. Well, that's where it works. Right. And like, right. what do I bring to it? Or what's my responsibility with this? And, you know, it can't just be like, quote unquote, that easy. And, and that's the thing too, is like, okay, well, once saved, always saved. I say these words and now I'm, I'm punch my golden ticket and I'm in, you know, but and that's all like James two thing of like works, the faith that works is dead. So there's a dead right. faith and you can have a dead faith. So I would say that like moral code community faith in, in Christianity in Christ is a dead faith, right. you know, because it's not, it's, it's all the works without the heart without mm -hmm. the reason, without the reason of Christ behind it. Mm -hmm. And, and again, which is, which is a reason for the morality anyway, like you can't get morality without Christ in the first place. So if you're doing, if you're, if you're following Christ just, or being a Christian just for the morality and the structure, you're, you're <clears throat> idolizing it. You're, you're following an idol basically because right. that's your end goal is the community the or the right. music or the, society or whatever the the greater good of the people you know it's like okay well then that's your god you know and that's not so you're used you're, you're diminishing christ to get right. to this bigger social structure and community you know a couple of weeks whereas ago, if you do follow christ you do get that right but then you're you're worshiping christ and not idolizing the good society that comes from following christ well that's the idea of god being the giver of all good things right like there's good things but he's the giver so right. there's a, the thing is not it doesn't give of itself. It's not self-sufficient or self-existing. Only he is, and he's the giver of those things. And the giver of reason and morality right. and, and, and community and society and family. Yeah, those are good things, but those are the gifts, and, the, right. and he, he's the giver. So we need to worship the giver, not the gifts, and that's because that would be idolatry. Basically. We uh, In church a couple of weeks ago, we had a sermon about that, how in the, uh, in the story of the prodigal son— Neither of the sons loved their father at first, and, and it's not never thought of that way because the complaint of the second son isn't about the way that the first son disrespected the father or any of that stuff. But it's like, I always obeyed you, and you never gave me anything. Yeah, and it, it just shows that he didn't obey his father out of love, but it was because he wanted stuff, right? And when he didn't get it, he was like, Well, what am I doing any of this for, right? Yeah, I know that's uh, we were for the prodigal, the prodigal God by uh, uh, Tim Keller. Um, that's a really good book. Our, our church went through that uh, book. It's got like a workbook and stuff with it too, mm -hmm. but, uh, that was really good because that, cause that opened that up as, as far as like, um, the older brother, um, they're both sitting, like you said. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, you know, I, I think we don't really think of it in terms of that. A lot of times we do, I think we do, even if we're not willing to admit it, it we kind of show our cards when something bad does happen because then it is like, well, God, where are you? I was doing this. Why, why is this happening to me and not this person who's not falling? And it, it kind of shows like, oh, you were just here for the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Idols, idols get revealed, man. I mean, that's, that's, they, they, they're supposed to get revealed to be smashed, you know? Right. And so you kind of realize that, but that takes humility and just realizing like all this work you were doing was for an idol and for not for, for God. So, yeah, and that's hard to... that's hard, man, because I think there's if we're honest and I think we examined a lot of pastors or elders or authors or worship leaders or whatever <laughs> are doing it for the thing. Right. To be respected or looked up to in church or in their community or for their parents to brag about them or something. Yeah. Well, it can also be really freeing, too, man, like for to to not have your works be 
for something. You know what I mean? Right. Like the most, like, let's talk about like Bill Gates or something of like, well, why does he keep going to work? You know, what, <laughs> what, what is, <laughs> what does Jeff Bezos get out of bed? Like, what is he doing? Right. You know, and it's like, he's not working for money, really. I mean, right. what's he doing? He's doing it because he loves it. And he's, he's got the freedom to kind of pursue interests and do whatever he wants or whatever. And so when you realize you're not working for money anymore or you're not working for salvation anymore, it's like, it can be very freeing to just yeah. be like, I'm just doing this because I love God and because I love the church and I want to serve people. Right. I remember talking to somebody and they're talking, they were, they were like really depressed about their evangelism and stuff because they were like going on mission trips and stuff and like not, you know, to spend a year in China where, and not have one person come to Christ, you know, and it's, they're just like, we're just devastated. And it's like, well, I mean, first of all, you don't know like how the spirit was moving in every person right, you spoke right. with, but you're like, we're looking at the numbers of it and not seeing the results. And so it's all worthless, but that's not, that's not why we're, we're not, we're not commanded to, uh, change people's hearts. That's the Holy Spirit's job. We're commanded to share the gospel. And so right. if you do that, that's a success. Right. And so like, if I share the true gospel with a thousand people and none of them like get saved or like come and say a prayer or whatever, I've succeeded because I, they've, I've, I've shared the gospel and that's all we're really called to do. And, and the Holy Spirit is moving and the Holy Spirit, I, I believe will use you in that right. way. And faith comes through hearing. And so that is what, we're commanded to do. And that's why we're commanded to do it because faith comes through hearing and, and people will be saved through that. Uh, but, you, but it's not like, well, no one said a prayer. So I'm, I'm a failure and it sucks <laughs> and it's all on me. And I, I didn't say it right. Or I didn't, you know, I, did, I just, whatever. And so, but when you realize it's just like, I'm just doing this because it's just pouring out of me. I'm just, mm. you know, shining Christ. I'm not, I'm not even thinking about it. It's just, you talk to me, I'm going to talk to you about Jesus. Like, cause that's just it, you know? Mm. It's just freeing. It can become this this thing. It's not work. It's not a job. You know, it's just it's an identity. We take on the identity of Christ, and that is what people see in us. And that's not, you know, a, it's not effort. I guess you know. Right. There's uh, this idea that I kind of want to get into because it has to do with this exclusivity of Christ, um, and it kind of it, it kind of contrasts one of the verses that I think is the most like blatant exclusivity verses, and maybe the most. Uh, like telling of someone's faith is we've talked about it a few times is the verse where, you know, Jesus has a crowd of followers and they all turn away and leave because he says a hard saying to them. And then he turns to the 12 and he says, are you going to leave also? And then Peter says, where else are we going to go? You're the yeah. one who has the words to lead to eternal life. Like that, yes. like what other answer is there? What other person can give us anything? Um, right. There's this idea now <laughs> that's become more popular and it's kind of fresh in my mind because of the Kevin Max, uh, announcement this week or this last week about this idea of the universal Christ, right? So there's this idea and it's kind of always been floating around in the new age, but it's kind of creeping its way into like the outskirts of Christianity of the universal Christ. So this idea of, uh, you know, the Christ consciousness or this, uh, this ascended state of being where Jesus was a manifestation of the Christ, but really we can all be a manifestation of the Christ. Uh, one of the the really weird ones that I heard that kind of just said it like like the way that it is without disguising it, which I thought was strange. Um, I think his name is Brandon Robertson. He's one of the the 
big leaders in the, the LGBTQ acceptance movement in the church. Uh, he was the one who talks about Jesus racism or whatever, <laughs> but he preached a whole sermon about uh, repentance and what it actually means. And his, his, his thrust, his assertion at the end of the sermon was that repentance metanoia does not mean to change your mind. It means to expand your mind. So it's this idea of like, well, the problem is you just haven't reached enlightenment or you're just not there yet, or you haven't, you haven't ascended to this goal of where you should be to really understand Christ and the gospel and God and what he really is. So how do we as like actual Bible-believing Christians deal with that idea, which is kind of picking up steam right now? I mean, it has to land somewhere. As far as like just this idea, you'd have to be able to point to somebody and say, there's another Christ. And then you would immediately run into problems in any, in any glance examination right. at that person, you know, right. like Gandhi or like Mother Teresa or like, you know, well, they're carrying the, they're, they're, they're a Christ to it. They're, they're like, you know, it's almost like what they're talking about is, is what, what we understand is the spirit of Antichrist, but mm. the spirit of Christ. You right. know, it's like, oh, this right, person right, has, right. This, has the, this person has the spirit of Antichrist. So there's no personified Antichrist right. in the Bible. But when someone comes along sharing another gospel, they have the spirit of Antichrist. Right. Right. And so that's that's the proper context of that, uh, of, of understanding of Antichrist. But it sounds like they're trying to do that for Christ, too. Of like, well, this right. person comes along and sharing a gospel and it's positive. So they're carrying the spirit of Christ, you know. Mm. But then that puts... <sighs> They're making. They're, someone is. They're, they're fulfilling a standard. If they're saying this person or that person is carrying the consciousness, it's a consciousness thing. Okay. Well, you're still measuring it up to a standard. And what standard is that? And that has to be God. And it ultimately, is the law of, of God's law because right. that's what Christ fulfilled. He Christ fulfilled the law. So anybody else carrying the consciousness or spirit of Christ would also have to fulfill the law because that is what He is doing. And again, that's. I mean. He is God. So if you're going to – there's no separation of, of Christ, Jesus Christ, as the Messiah and the Christ and being God. He is mm -hmm. God. And that's a big one you have to get around too with this whole Christ consciousness thing is that like, okay, so this person has Christ con – are they God? Mm -hmm. No. So like Romans 8, 33, 35, uh, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So, like, did you die? Like, to say this is a Christ, you would have to show, they would have to do what the Bible is doing because Christ didn't do something that anybody can just do. Right. And that's the point. He fulfilled the law perfectly, you know, through one man, all sin entered the world, and through one man, you know, we're all saved. Well, okay, again, Christ consciousness? Like, what are you talking about? You're, like, anybody else carrying the, like, spirit of Christ is immediately disqualified because mm. they didn't forgive sins. They didn't, mm, they're not right. for appreciation of sin. <laughs> you know? There's a huge difference between Jesus Christ and anybody claiming to, like, be a Christ or something. I think we lose that, too, when we, we think about, uh, or when we talk about Christ, the the we kind of take for granted the fact that he went around forgiving sins and the, the level of like astonishment 
that the Pharisees had when he did. Like it was scandalous to do that kind of thing to say your sins are forgiven or uh, go and sin no. Like that was who can do that but God? And yeah. they got that for some reason. We just don't get that. Like oh, it's you know whatever. It's a thing he did. Yeah. Well, I can forgive you of a sin. Right against you. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Well, it's like okay. Well, that's what he he was he was forgiving sins against God. Right. Right. Like, right. Oh, okay. So who? So he's God. All right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's too. That's one of the funny things in in the Psalms. Uh, one of the Psalms, the one David writes after the Bathsheba incident. There's a, a section where he says to God, he says, "Against you and you alone have I sinned." And on the surface, that sounds like wrong because obviously he sinned against Bathsheba he sinned against uh, Uriah he sinned against the people like he sinned against all of these people but he got the deeper truth that ultimately his sin was a sin against God that was the real problem mm. everything that he did was a symptom of the fact that he violated God's standard he didn't love God in that moment or what God had given him or trust God for these things well and it's also the the, the thing of like the level of sin is not necessarily what sends you to hell and, mm-hmm. and, and what condemns you, right, it's right. who you've sinned against. Yes. Right. And so, right. like, I think it was that like, that, that um, American Gospel movie that was talking about, like, if I take a key and scratch a rock, all right, you know, whatever. Right. Or, like, you take a key and go to, like, some dumpy used car lot, uh, and I scratch one of the car, the keys, the, the cars, well, now I've defaced property, and now I owe, right? Right. Well, then, so then I go to the BMW dealership, Scratch one of those cars. Well, now my crime. Right. Now, now I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm defacing a you know a eighty thousand dollar car versus like a thousand dollar car, and so my the, it's the same scratch, same key, right. same sin, whatever. But it's the, who it's against. It's like we've, you've done this sin against God. But if I sin against you, who are you? You right. know, you're <laughs> you're another sinner, and you're gonna probably the same sin against me. And you know, we can you know figure that out but to sin against god is like it's not the level of sin it's it's the level of who you sin against right it makes it so dramatic and that's kind of funny because it goes back to the beginning where we started where the exclusivity is offensive to people and it's like so what the lack of exclusivity was offensive to god like right. the, the multicultural or letting letting everybody's beliefs be valid that's offensive to god the, the exclusivity is offensive to people like i forget who who said it that said um so what if, if people are offended by Christianity? Let them be. They've been living in offense to God their entire lives. Yeah. And it's it's really true. We're so worried about offending, offending people that we're not thinking about that fact that to, to do anything other than preach the exclusive kingdom rule of Christ is offensive to God. Yeah. Yeah, because they see themselves as God, right? Right. So it's like, well, you offend me. You've offended my God. Right. You know, it's like I'm the god of my I, I dictate my destiny. I'm the god of my universe, my reality. And now uh, you're saying I'm wrong? What are you saying God is wrong? Because that's me. Mm. And I, don't, I believe in me. I believe right. in myself. And this, you know, whatever makes me happy and, and everything's kind of revolving around me. And you've right. offended that God. So now I'm upset. And we get upset when people offend God, you know. Right. But because he's God, he's our God, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. That's funny because I don't think we think about that. In, in any real terms, anyway, I think we, we kind of talk about it in a, I, as an idea, an abstract idea, but we don't think about the fact very often that people are living as and aspiring to be their own God. And how much of an offense that I like it. 
every sin I, i've said this before and i i think it's true every sin really at the root is idolatry right because it's it's mm-hmm. saying well no not your way my way because mm-hmm. i'm god right um yeah it's, like it's worshiping the created thing rather than the creator right well, you're the created thing in that case you know you could you say you worship an idol a wood, wooden idol or something but you could also worship your job or you worship your family uh and you can worship sports or you can worship your career you know whatever uh it, but those are all the created thing ultimately money you know right. any material thing uh including yourself and yeah so that be, that's that's most commonly people's god that they'll articulate i think it, right. it does go to other things because there's like the fertility god you know in in, in the old days and in, in ancient times but it's like and in the prosperity god well we still make sacrifices to those gods today of pleasure and prosperity and wealth and whatever like they sac you know people sacrifice their babies to moloch so that yeah they would have health and wealth and prosperity and that their crops would grow and that for their own financial security. Well, that's the same reason people get abortions, right? Well, I'm not ready or I want to go to, I want to go to school. It'll affect my career or it'll whatever, whatever other materialistic prosperity issues is why people are sacrificing today, sacrificing their babies Hmm. on the altar of Moloch, you know? And so it's for my own personal prosperity and, and well-being they believe and so I, uh, <laughs> human sacrifice still with, today i had the conversation with somebody this week because we were talking about uh marriage and children as like a command or a normative function of people and they were asking me basically is it a sin to not have children and i kind of you know wrestle with this idea like you know sometimes it's out of your hands you're physically yeah. not able to or you know but i you know i think to consciously decide I don't want to have children, so I'm just not going to, is definitely bordering on that territory, right? Because usually, why do you not want to have children? Because it'll inconvenience my life, or I won't be able to finish this, or I can't make it to this, or something. Ultimately, it is, you know, to self. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're told to be fruitful and multiply. And, I mean, that's kind of the first thing. Right, it's like the first command. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and he he created us certain ways. But I also think, too, like, it's not, it's it's like, well, to procreate. If I don't procreate, I'm I'm sinning. But I think we can be spiritual parents, Mm. you know, like even like a single guy who's young and just trying to figure it out and stuff. I think he could disciple somebody, right? you know, and have spiritual children in that way. As far as like, I'm, I'm raising someone up in the faith. Right. And I'm, you know, and I don't have kids, I'm not married, but I'm still going to teach and mentor mm-hmm. and disciple. And so, you know, single guys, don't turn your ears off on a sermon <laughs> about fatherhood or marriage or something, because presumably you will be married or a father one day. And you want to have this kind of store of knowledge and wisdom built up now that that it's it's you can't fail at it really right now. But but you have the head knowledge of it and the understanding right. of it. Uh, that will be played out when you are a father, when you are a husband. Um, it's, it's, it's always been so strange to me, like when like when people say, like, well, you know, I'll read that book whenever. Like, single guys should be reading marriage books and fatherhood mm-hmm. books, like right now. And 
and it sounds weird. It's like, well, I'm not a father. It's like, yeah, but why would you wait till then? <laughs> so, late at that right. You know, it's like being in class or something or training for work. And it's like, well, you know, the test isn't until Friday. It's like, yeah, but you, you want to read some stuff before Friday, right? Like before right. you get, you don't want to start cracking the books that morning, you know, because it's too late. The kid's here. Like, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> you're playing catch up on, on on this wisdom and things of how to do things. And you should have been learning that your whole life. should have had a, a good Christian example of that with your own parents and stuff. But, right. you know, that's that's becoming rare or whatever. Rare. Right. But, um, but yeah, so read up and learn and, and don't turn your ears off on those sermons. And, you know, um, I think it's because uh, having a family was always a goal for mine, a goal, a goal of mine. And so every time, like... Um, somebody in church would talk about it, like marriage and stuff. I was really like clung to that because I thought, well, I will be married. I will have a family. I will have kids. And so what does it mean to be a father? What does it mean to be a husband? Right. What does it mean to do these things? And, you know, I've seen the right way with my parents. I've seen the wrong way with my parents. I've seen, you know, I was like, well, what's right? Like what's, you know, what should things be done? So, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely, I don't know if it's a sin, I, I think this. <laughs> I think if you if you are married and you are choosing not to have children, I think that is a sin. Right. If it's like, well, you know, he's finishing up his last year of, of law school, and so we're we're gonna, you know, right, and then right. and then we will. That, I think there's some things that are understandable as far as that goes, but it should be like, okay, what's what are we doing? Let, right. Let, come on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And this uh, comment kind of kind of circles back to that idea again of like, well, different values, different gods, different whatever. People have different values in life, though. Mm -hmm. Yes. But having a different value does not make it a valid value to have. People have wrong values. Right. Yeah. And Christ is the right value. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what we're talking about, right? That's all. That's everything. That's all, that's like all we're talking about is like different differences in worldviews and right worldviews and wrong worldviews. Right. You know, and Christ is the right worldview. And in fact, the Christian worldview is the only worldview that makes all everything else intelligible. Mm. Logic, reason, morality. We do these things without being Christians, but we can't account for them right. without God, the God of the Judeo-Christian Bible. Mm. So we can do all these other values and world, worldview things, but it's all it doesn't have a, anything to stand on. Christianity is the only one with the light that actually shows mm -hmm. makes it makes it make sense. Basically. Yeah, I, I think you kind of answered this one. <laughs> Who are you to decide what values are right or wrong to individuals? Well, we're nobody. We're nobody. Right. Yeah. We didn't decide anything that we right. didn't decide what values are right. Christ reveals himself to humanity. Right. God is real and he has spoken. Right. And he has revealed himself to not just us, but all his people. Uh, well, actually, but through creation, everyone knows that there's a God, but right. we suppress that truth in our unrighteousness and exchange the truth for a lie, right? Romans 1. And decide to worship the created thing rather than the creator, right? In our right. unrighteousness. And so what we must do is is come to Christ and right. you know <clears throat> believe worship the creator rather than the rather created, than the created thing. thing. Right. So That's but everybody everybody knows there's a God. There's no one that like, well, I didn't know. Yeah, you do. If you're a living, breathing <laughs> human being, then you know by by your own existence, by creation the created world around you, by anything, by logic morality love beauty reason all these things you know that there's a god because he's the only one that can account for any of those things even human consciousness you can't go to molecules to understand human consciousness right. or morality or reason 
How much does reason weigh? What's the chemical makeup? Nothing. It's immaterial. So we can't account for the immaterial by the material. But the immaterial has revealed himself to us and in fact became material in Christ. You know, John 1. Uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then the word became flesh. So the immaterial became the material and that is Christ. And so he has revealed himself to humanity. And so that's what we're following. We didn't decide anything. He's revealed himself to us and he's opened our eyes, opened our mind and hearts. And that's why we believe. That's how we know there's a God because he's I mean, revealed himself to us. Just that concept of like, we, well, people have different values. Like, what do you mean value? What do you mean value yeah. judgments and Ted, right and wrong? Ted Bundy had some values bad. that he thought were good. <laughs> You know, I mean, pursue pleasure at all costs, even cost of other people. That's a value, technically. Is that a and good apart value? From God, why is that? Why is that wrong? Uh -huh. Like, what difference does it make? Uh -huh. It's just the human animal doing what it does at these temperatures and conditions. Right. It just is. You know. That means nothing. It doesn't. We're all stardust bumping into each other. Who cares? You know. Ultimately, really, any meaning or value you can have is just the invented meaning or value from some. Right carbon-based protoplasm really in the godless materialistic world that's what we are in any idea or philosophy or value or reason or, or anything that you have is just synapses snapping in a little brain that's it that's all it is there's it it no reason why i should take that value over another value mm. all just soda bottles fizzing <laughs> in materialist worldview and that's that's also one of the exclusivity exclusive things to the Christian worldview and that idea is that not only do things matter and have value, but intimately God, the creator is involved in them and fixing them and repairing them and cultivating them and having dominion over them and being the king over them and redeeming them and bringing them into a relationship with himself. Like that, that Christ, the word became flesh is such a radical idea that we, like we really don't comprehend that, God becoming flesh, the intimacy of that, like to, right. to, to come into creation and not yeah. you know, near it or talk or talk to it, but to come into it. To dwell among us. Like that's yes. that incarnation. Like he dwelt right. among us. He lived among us. Um, yeah. So that's another really like super important, unique thing about Christ versus all other religions or ideas of God or anything like that is – God become flesh, the infinite becoming finite. So like, and this is a thing against Islam too, that um, Islam is hopeless without. We are finite beings, right? Humans. Right. We're, we're fine. We're not infinite, right? Right. God, we're finite and God is infinite, right? That's right. even like the Muslim view, right? Or like the Jewish view. We're, we're limited. He's not. He's omniscient. He's all, but you know, so. Right. A finite being cannot apprehend or comprehend an infinite being. Right. We there's no way that we can act out of our nature and transcend mm. and reach, right, and obtain and get to right. an infinite God, an infinite. We cannot transcend mm. to the infinite. Right. The infinite must condescend to the finite and create that bridge and he has through christ right. so the idea of the god man is so unique and so crucial 
it, it, it blows everything else out of the water because right. he has made a way for the finite to reach the infinite mm -hmm. by condescending, come down to us and creating that bridge, creating that way. He's the path. He's the way. He's the way, the truth, life. So that's, that's, and no other religion has that. No other religion has that infinite condescending to the finite and creating right. a bridge between the infinite and the finite. Yeah. And so that's what Christ is. And that's the crucial, detrimental, important idea of the, of the God man, 100% man, 100% God. And that's how we can come to Christ, come to God. That's how we can reach God. That's kind of a lost, I don't want to say lost idea, but maybe not not talked about enough, not dwelt on, not understood idea. But really, like, I think a lot of Christians or a lot of churches, a lot of people in church will say, like, yeah, Jesus is God. But not really understand, like, the the heaviness of that. No, Jesus, this man who was walking around on earth, who ate and got tired and died, was God. Yeah. And then resurrected as a man and had a body and is still, you know, like that. It's a lot to grasp. I understand that. But I think we've just like, because it's a lot to grasp, kind of, yeah, Jesus is God. Yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, he's like Superman. He's like the super. Right. Yes. It's like the Uber <laughs> mention is like, yes. oh, no, he's God. Like he's like right. fully God and fully man. And that is hard for us to understand. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's what it says. And that's, and that's, our connection and that's how how close we can be with god you know like mm -hmm. you know he's saying like I let them think let them be one as you and i are one it, you know i think you're what, lagging what, a little bit oh you gotta say something all right i got you <laughs> back on <Yeah. laughs> no you were lagging your your connection was lagging oh i uh, know I'm, I'm saying like uh because we've talked about before how our marriage is supposed to be like reflections of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm starting to think like marriage is the best representation or closest approximation of like explaining the Trinity in any kind of sense that, that kind of makes sense because intrinsically I'm tied to my wife, right? Like I am me, an individual, a, a person, but we're still one flesh and like nothing that I can ever do is going to make me not part of that bond. There's no, there's no break in us. There's no separation in us. Whatever happens, like we're unified forever. There's no, there's no point where, uh, spiritually speaking, anyway, where she ends and I begin, or I end and she begins. We're one flesh, like we're one and bonded, but we're still two people. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that might be maybe the, I don't know why we haven't used it before. Maybe the, the best analogy for the Trinity. Yeah, I mean, every analogy breaks down, and it, because it's right. so un, because it's so unique, and because we're the we have to start as Christians when we think about the Trinity, we have to start there, right? <laughs> right. It's a presupposition, right? And it's something so unique, right? Everything else is a shadow, mm. and we're trying to we're trying to describe the thing casting the shadow, right? Well, it's kind of like this thing on the ground. It's like, yeah, but you've got you're so limited. You're mm -hmm. so limited in our analogies and our, oh, it's like an egg or it's like water. It's all heresy, right. <laughs> and well, they I mean, all like even, lead to heresies <laughs> because we're starting. Even, we're starting with this. We're starting yes. with like, oh, let me let me look around to the created thing and try and make it make sense according to this lesser created fallen you know world of my fallen right. mind instead of just starting with 
one being three persons. Right. Like that's that's the thing that that exists. God has revealed Himself and has and has shown us one being three persons. And we're like three, well, three beings, three schizophrenic. Is that you know? Is that like it's like no, no, no. Don't try to describe it with your lesser things. Right. You're try, this is where we start. It's like it, well, it has to make it has to. We have to be able to explain it with these primitive, you know, material ideas right. and stuff. And it's like you just can't. I mean, you're talking about yeah. God. Right. You're talking about like the essence of God. Like, this is right. God. And you're in. If anything's God, the Trinity is. You know. Right. And that's that's the God. So it's, it's it's just really hard, man. And we do the same. We do it with with so much too. Of like and trying to get God off the hook of like, well, He's good. Well, what does it mean to? And that's the thing too. We mm-hmm. we don't let the Bible speak for itself as our starting point. We right. always uh, do like putting this thing in like, well, you should love your neighbor. Okay, what does love mean? Hey, let's look at what does love mean, guy. Like, no, 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 no. Stay here. Stay here. Stay. Stay with the Bible. You know, mm. first Corinthians, like, right? Love is patient. Love is got like the Bible. It'll explain that too. Love your neighbor. Okay. Well, what does love? Love. What does love mean? Keep reading. It'll it'll explain that too. Right. Who's your neighbor? Keep reading. It'll explain that too. Right. You know. And so it's like we get all of our definitions and all of our starting points from that. So you get an idea of like, love your neighbor. Well, all the nuts and bolts of that are from the Bible also. Like the idea of right. love your neighbor is. But what we do is we we see love your neighbor. What does it mean to love? What's right. love, guys? When we look around to the society or our culture, and it's all—it's just the wind to find out what love is and what does love your neighbor mean. Well, it can mean this, and it can mean that. No, no, no. It's all still here. Anything it tells you to do, it'll explain what it is and how to do it. Right. And so, mm. God says, "Okay, who's God?" Jesus is it. Okay, I'm not going to get some idea from a pizza or from an egg <laughs> or from water or from you know, even like a marriage, I mean, marriage is close because that comes from the Bible too, of like really explaining the gospel, but it still could fall short, you know. But it's not the thing. Right. And it's just, it's like any analogy is going to fall short because it's just so much greater than anything right. we can try to use to make the analogy. Right. You know. And that's so much of Christianity, even the idea of being 100% God and 100% man, like that hypostatic union. Yeah. It's completely unique in existence. Like there's yeah. nothing I can say that'll make it make sense we, we read that and we start looking around like well what is that like right. it's, like, it's, it's stop it's not it's not like anything you can look around exactly. for. like this is it like you just be blown away by it man you know <laughs> and that's i mean again that goes back to the exclusivity of christ that idea of uniqueness you know the 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 prototokos the unique one the 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 uh unique and one kind all, like his uniqueness the whole book of hebrews starts off with that Better than angels, better than prophets, better than priests, better than sacrifices, like the ultimate and truest of all things. The preeminent one. Yeah. Right, the preeminent um, one, above above everything. So what do you think about, like, Christophanies in the Old Testament and stuff, as far as, like, he saw who did, who did Jacob wrestle with? Who, you know, did Abraham serve in his tent? You know, who, like, he saw God, he walked with him or stuff. Like, right, right. What I mean, that's going to be so. Here's the answer I hear is, Well, that's Jesus, right? Like, Jesus from Galilee, like, so like, <laughs> at a specific time, in the right? Area. Right, so like, there's the incarnation, right? And then there's like the pre incarnate, you know. And it's like, I don't, it's hard, man, because the word became flesh, right? 
and dwelt among us. And I think that's a specifically, you know, New Testament thing. And that's, that's right. it, but then we see God or the angel of the Lord, right? In the Old Testament, you see Jacob wrestling God. And it's like, right. what, that, okay. And Jesus is the physical manifestation physical manifestation of God. Right. So that's a Christophany. That's God. That's Jesus Christ appearing in the old Testament. Right. But I just don't know, man, it's just hard no. to like understand that. Like, okay, then he's just popping in and out. Well, and I, so I, until he decided to stay in the old the, Testament, the same way we think about the Holy spirit in the old Testament versus the new Testament, right? Like in the old Testament, the spirit would descend or it would come down or it would hover. Or it would, you know, it would lead the, the Israelites through the desert, but it wasn't in the Israelites or, uh, it, you know, the God right. would meet Moses on the mountain, but he didn't stay with Moses. He would be there for a time and then leave. So right. in that same way, I, I think we can look at it like that. The word would for a time, you know, mm. manifest itself yeah. and then leave. But he never was was one of us. He never dwelt with us like he did when he, when Jesus Christ was born. That's right. that's what makes him unique. Is that he didn't just he didn't just like pop in and say hey and you know give give somebody a word and then take off. Like no, he actually came into creation itself. Was born, had DNA, became a man in the truest sense. Yeah, and that, that's what makes it utterly unique. Is that all the other times he he came, he showed up, but then he left. And there wasn't so, a change. So, like in 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 um, Isaiah, you know, and how and how how the first century Jews would have would have read Isaiah and understood, like, so come, you know, thus a child is born, unto us right. a child is born, and you call him a name Emmanuel. Right. Were they thinking, oh, that's who Jacob wrestled? Oh, I don't know. It's kind of like <laughs> when we talked about how did Abraham see the afterlife. It's one of those things that like. I, I don't know. I don't know how they would have understood God with us. Like if they would have understood like, oh, God with us in the truest sense. Right. Right. And like who visited Abraham and stuff like, oh, that's the Prince of Peace, Mighty One, you know, Mighty right, God, right, right. you know, wonderful counsel. Like, well, I don't know. I mean, because that was a prophecy of, of someone to come. Right. But if he's already been, you know, was there any understanding of that? And, and I'm not saying it's not, I think there's, I think it's just, it's hard. Cause like it's those, I believe those are Christo Christophanies in the mm -hmm. second person of the Trinity. Like you said, that's a, that's a good way to put it is like the, the Holy spirit existed and was present in the old Testament, but the indwelling of the Holy spirit was after Christ right. after the helper. I'm going to send the helper and he will be in you. And we are the temple. They had a temple, right. but yes. now we're the temple. And that's where the Holy Spirit is. So it's like the same thing, right. but the dress rehearsal, the practice is the actual tabernacle with the Holy right. of Holies where the Holy Spirit dwelled. And then now we are like in the Holy of Holies that veil has been torn. Right. This is the main story. Christ has come and that changes things because I, and, and it's hard. Maybe it's my post mill <laughs> flaring up to think like Christ came to earth and that changed things. Yes. That changed the world yes for the better and he's ruling and reigning now and i'm saying like he came and wrestled with jacob and, and it didn't change the world yet and it's like man so like that was that wasn't jesus on the cross jesus it was the it was 
the in right. and in incarnate pre again you say like pre-incarnate christ like well isn't that the word you know like the word became flesh and wrestled jacob right isn't right. that like what we're saying well I, I i think that's the thing with like became flesh too like to understand like became flesh is different than just manifest or or personify because again it's so unique it's hard to put another there's nothing else to compare it to like the difference between um it's almost like the difference between a skype call and an in-person conversation like if, if we're, right now i can see you i i can see your face we're having conversation we're having words but you're not here even though for all you know utilitarian purposes we're having a conversation but it's not the same as when we're at the the growler and we're sitting across from each other and I can reach out and touch you, and we're actually like in communion. That's a whole different thing. See, and that's that's how I would see the second person of the Trinity in the Old Testament, as far as uh, reason and understanding and you know, creation. Everything was made through Christ, and so he he was in the beginning. Everything was made through him, and God spoke, and we existed. And that's through Christ. And so he's clearly present and exists always. Right. But I'm kind of, I'm, I'm like wrestling with the idea that like God has manifested himself in other types of creation, like a burning bush or a right. fiery pot, right, right? With the covenant of Abraham. Right. And so, and we understand that to be like a, a manifestation of God right. in his creation. But humans are his creation as well so what if it was god in the form of a man it just a human being wrestling with jacob visiting abraham you know see we saw the backside uh, whatever right, and right. then and then jesus is the christ that like whose presence in the world coming to the world changed things and and, and maybe there's a difference between like Christ fulfilled the law and God in, 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 but before the second person of the Trinity became man and just wrestled Jacob or just visited right. Abraham right. and was the angel of the Lord was really just that messenger, not the Messiah. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing that's not unique in the old Testament to that character, right? Like when God is with Abraham, there's also angels with lot and they go into his house and they hang mm -hmm. like they're physical. They're there, they're in the bodies, they're with him, but they're not, flesh in the truest sense right so when 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 the word became flesh it was different because he's it's like he asked the pharisees uh who is the messiah the son of and they say david and he says okay well then how can david call him lord but also he's his son yeah and it's that conundrum like he exists before david but he's the descendant of david because he became man like that's what makes it so unique is that he was born he had dna flesh blood he bled he hurt he hungered he sorrowed like all of that stuff that before he just, I'm going to pop in and I'm going to give you a word and then I'm going to pop out or I'm going to interact with you, but I'm going to go again. And, and I think the Old Testament describes God and anthropomorphizes God yes. in that of like his, you know, in, in the covering of his wing right. or, you know, I get his mighty right hand. Right. And so, Let his face shine upon you. Right. And I think like, like, it's just hard, man. It's just hard to like think that, that the word became flesh and wrestled Jacob and, and, but didn't. And then like the word becoming flesh and being born of a virgin is different. And what that understanding of, you know, Emmanuel, the prophecy, someone is coming who hasn't come before 
right. or or did, and, and but in the flesh, but just appeared and disappeared, but wasn't right. born and grew and became right. man, you know, and. I don't know. It's just hard. It's just like the Christophanies are hard, man. Like that's a. Well, it's that idea of of uh, dwelt among us too. Is that the the Greek breaks down to 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 pitching a tent, literally like building your tent among us. Yeah. Which again is supposed to be a picture of the tabernacle, right? Like this is the presence of God manifest on earth. But it's that idea of dwelling among us, living amongst us, like that that didn't happen before. Yeah. Right. Like the presence of God came into the temple. But it, it wasn't confined to the temple. The temple can—that was what Solomon said when he consecrated the the temple. He mm. said, "You know, we truly we know that not only can this not hold you, but heaven cannot hold you, and heaven's heaven cannot hold you." Like yeah. God wasn't confined to that space; it was just this thing that He occupied for a minute. And I think Austin talks about that too in Confessions: how God fills the earth, but He's not held by the earth; He surrounds it, and, and all of that. But in the mm. person of Jesus Christ, the presence was fully. Either the, how, how does the, the the epistle say it? Uh, in him, the uh, the fullness of the Godhead was pleased to dwell. Mm. Like it was actually in him. Like th- this man, this is God. Not uh, you know he's in the temple, but he's also here and he's also there. Like, no, he this this is him. They would touch him. He's here. Yeah, it's, it's it, it is hard to wrap your head around that idea. Yeah. It's so, so much and so unique and so different. Yeah, I mean. It, it, the, the Old Testament Christophanies and, and manifestations of, of what we think is like the second person of the Trinity is different than Jesus from Galilee, yes. Jesus of Nazareth, right. you know, and that's different, you know, because in, in, in figuring out those differences and similarities and, and, and sameness is, is what's tough, but yeah. I, I, think, I think, you know, we want to get personal about it. We have to understand that he did change things because in Revelation you have that scene of Satan being cast out of heaven because there was no mm-hmm. place found for him. Whereas before there was a place found for him, but the presence of Christ, the death and resurrection means there's no place for Satan found in heaven. Yeah. So it did. Ch- it fundamentally changed reality that he was born in the flesh. Yeah. <sighs> it's crazy, man. <laughs> And it's it's one of those things that we can grasp at, but I mean, people have written volumes and right. And I think, and, and I think even just wrestling with this, it shows like the bigness of yes. Christ and just right. the importance of Christ and just the crucial. Like no one, no one's thinking these hard thoughts about Muhammad, right? Right. You know, like we kind of know the whole story there, right? You know, and so maybe this is just kind of the mysteries of. Of, of these things that you know were revealed in part but will be revealed in full you know right 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 so it's just it's good to stretch your brain take it for a run <laughs> i mean that's the, that's the it, idea but, right of like dwelling on or uh meditating on the scriptures and stuff is you know grappling with these ideas and mm-hmm. what they imply. And, and you know what and you know what's weird because like I, I like like stoicism and like the daily stoic and stuff like mm-hmm. that like just reading you know Epictetus and Seneca and stuff, and and they talk about like Marcus Aurelius talks about the logos, right? And that's kind of one of the big tenets of, of Stoicism is the logos, right. which is like the ultimate rationale. Mm-hmm. Is how it's how it's described in there. And then you know John one, beginning was the right. Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. That is that literally translation of Greek is logos, right? And that is that ultimate rationale. And Jesus Christ is Christ is the ultimate rationale of all of everything. Of everything. The Stoics got that kind of. 
they understood the logos and how that was like the driving force that kept everything right, in right. order and that was the ultimate rationale and the meaning and without that there's chaos and he's the ultimate good the logos is the ultimate good and the ultimate rationale it's what's holding everything together and that's what the bible says about christ right. and but they call him the word literally the word and it's like man stoicism is like that pagan earthly worldview that like gets it almost so right mm -hmm. and it's like you are hitting like right on but missing it entirely right <laughs> you know <laughs> just missing it entirely but it just shows what the godless mind and worldview is capable of understanding and i think a lot of atheists and pagans in a different name today or whoever it may be mm -hmm. get that and, and they understand that when they become morally indignant at injustice mm -hmm. and when they become you know when they when they want morality and they want they want you to think reasonably they want you to think right. rationally you know they're getting it yes that's true and what is the ultimate rationale mm -hmm. christ and so like it's just missing it right and so and it just, i think just proves romans one of like everyone knows that there is a god right because he has the stoics almost confessing it right <laughs> in 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 the obsession of the logos <laughs> it's like yeah we, us too like and that, <laughs> we just know that, what it is that's christ yeah right. that, that's that's christ you know but it's just interesting just really good because it's like so many things that the stoics even preach is just like man this is just like christianity without christ right <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know it, it, but we can see that in other people when someone says be reasonable right yeah that's christianity right but you're you just don't have christ like you, you know, and so we see people being moral. We see people being reasonable. We see people being better Christians than most Christians sometimes, and but without Christ, right? You know, and so it's just all meaningless and dismisses the whole mm -hmm. thing. So I mean, I've thought about that a lot because there's so much in the world that's just like kind of you know, it Christian ethics not applied by Christians, like the idea of recycling or conserving or like you know the fact that we preserve public land and we need to keep these species for future generations like why why do you do that why do you have this need to protect and build and keep yes why where does that come from it's all from god evolution we're and it, it, <laughs> and it, it's so funny dude i hear it all the time well evolution wired us to be with like what are you talking about <laughs> who I, well, you know, every time you hear an atheist or something, say, well, we're wired to do this, and, well, uh, evolution selected this, and it's like, right. you are, that's pagan. Right, yes, the personified like, evolution. The, you're personifying nature. I mean, besides, right. evolution knew. Yes, right. Select, natural selection because of this, because of that. They're putting reason into random mutation and it's like you just can't help it you can't right. help but talk like a christian right it's like you sound like a christian you sound like there's a god one of the ones that that killed me was i was watching tim pool his uh his podcast and they were talking about science and how it's been politicized through the mask mandates and vaccines and everything and i heard them say something that i i've only heard young earth creationists say and it was so bizarre <laughs> when they said Oh, well, you know, when people say trust the science or believe in the science, science is just a tool that you use to understand the world around you, but it's not a thing that you put faith in. And I like, 
I, I had to take a second and pause because like that's young earth creationism talk and it's you yeah. know atheists are using the speech well trust the science i mean that's it, it has become religious yes it, it is because it's just this entity that can mandate truth yes. right and, and it's like well no there's scientific studies right. it's like as if there's this god called science and it's just like this is true men can be women and you know, like, right. masks work and then i don't and like just like dictating <laughs> dictating reality right. and it's, it's nuts and doug wilson said we, we don't follow science we follow scientists mm, right and that ultimately boils down to humans and people right. with agendas and sin natures and you know you can get enough of them do a bunch of studies and they're going to confirm their biases you right. know or they're going to completely start with a presupposition randomly, whatever reason they presupposition they start with, it's usually there's no God. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah, these are the, what the studies are going to show if you start there. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, this is wild. You can't, you, you live in Christ's world, you can't help but function like you're living in Christ's world, even if you yeah. don't. It's like Jordan Peterson too. Like he's oh, he's, yeah. he's one of those two that's just like right there, yeah. you know. And, he, and he's wrestling with it. He understands it. And those debates. If you've seen those debates with him and uh, uh, Sam Harris, yeah, we're uh, just sitting on the stage, just kind yeah, of talking. Yeah, yeah. There's one where he's talking about like uh, well, he defines God, and it's a, it's a pretty poor definition of God. Very <laughs> very pragmatic, very practical uh, definition of, of of God. What is God? I don't know. And then Sam Harris said, "Well, how do you pray to that God?" Mm. And, and, and Jordan said, well, you could say, I've done, you know, it's, it's a crap prayer. But, like, I've done something wrong. Please help me find out what that is and help me not to do it again. And he says, try that. Try that as a prayer to this God and see what you come up with. Because what the answers you'll get, you it won't be what you want. They won't be what you like. They'll be against your feelings and against your, and, and a lot of that's true. That is true. Right, yeah. And, and, and Sam was saying like, well, he's like, you, you won't like the, you probably most likely won't like the answers and you don't, you won't know where they come from. And Sam Harris says, well, we don't know where anything comes from. And Jordan Peter says, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's so like, bizarre. We you're right about that. Consciousness, wow. human con, I don't know. Yeah, can't, can't, can't account for it. I don't know. I just know this is wrong. I don't know why I know that, but evolution again, pagan god, the god of nature, the god of materialism and, and evolution, whatever natural selection. That's my god, you know. So, but it is they're just appealing to that god, right? And so, because they don't know, it's, it's and they're, they're admitting it. Well, we don't know where anything comes from. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. What do we do about that, Sam? <laughs> you know? So. Uh, that's it's just, it's funny that they're willing to live they're willing to live in that like well we don't know where anything comes from we can't be certain of anything because well, that's more appealing to the flesh than there's a god who has standards who has requirements of us it doesn't hold you accountable and that's jordan that's jordan peterson's problem right. and and that's where he's like crying in, in in wrestling with this the truth of christ because he knows if this is true it changes everything and and I really right. appreciate his his view of that and his wrestling with that because I think a lot of Christians don't and and think you can believe in Christ and believe in this naturalism evolution mm -hmm. stuff and it's like you can't like that change and he does and he does his whole lobsters and hierarchy we see it in right. nature and it's old and this is just the way the world works and stuff and he has to rethink all of that right and he knows that 
Mm-hmm. And that's his big hurdle he's got to get over is if if the infinite has become the finite mm-hmm. and how he says the uh, the narrative is come with the objective right you know the immaterial has met the mate- the material in Christ that changes everything right and he knows that he knows all the literature and science and in worldviews behind all those things and he knows if this is true if Christ is real in in really God that changes everything mm. and it does and that's the like weight of Christ and mm. that we see right and you know it's, it takes like someone like Jordan Peterson to realize <laughs> that and most Christians don't yes because <laughs> how I mean, pivotal Christ is because sadly for a lot of professing Christians it hasn't changed anything mm. That's the, mm. they don't realize it because it hasn't. Right. That's true. Man. That's true. Mm. <sighs> well, we'll, we'll end on that. <laughs> we don't want to, we don't mean the to, weight and yeah. crucial pivot mm. uh, that, that Christ is. He's, he, he is so pivotal. It's what the entire universe and Bible and everything is about. Right. Christ. Right. He's ruling and reigning now. And that's, we just have to, Worship and glorify him. Mm. And there's so much, so much comfort and freedom in that. Just that, that, that there is somebody who is like, the world doesn't rest on you. It rests on him. And he has it under control. Like you don't have to, there's nothing you can do to make this better, worse, fix, ruin anything. It's on him. That's good. Yeah, I think, man, that's a lot to wrestle with. Again, you know, uh, it's not like the idea is the idea of Christ is easy, <laughs> but it's the correct one. So, I mean, if you're gonna mull over things hard and, and deep, why not be those and really yeah. get into it? Yeah, I, it, it's easy to understand, but hard to accept because right. of our sin. Right. And we have to understand our sin is keeping us from Christ, and we have to lay that at the foot of the cross and mm-hmm. repent and believe mm. Mm. man the impl- it's, just, it's it's hard to really like walk in the world and think like everything that i do and everything that i interact with and everybody that i meet like christ has an impact on all of this stuff and a claim to all of this stuff and an ownership to all of this stuff yeah that's why i said people talk about like secular music i'm like what are you talking about there's no mm. secular music there's like saying a secular tree right like that's that's a tree like, and you can shape it into an idol and carve it into an mm-hmm. idol, right? Or you can build someone a home with it, you know, following Christ's command of like, mm. or warm warm yourself by the fire, like you, you know, yeah. Man, this is a horribly timed comment because because it's so late. <laughs> but, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to I tell mean, you. Like, yeah, I, just, I believe you. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> please do. I mean, please just read the Bible and, and do what it says. Right. I, I mean, mean if, if, if anything we've said today is not biblical, we're willing to repent of that. But I don't think anything we've said tonight is not, you know, the Bible truth. Right. And again, that's that dividing line. Right. Like we all have values, we all have ideas, we all have opinions. But if it comes back to the Bible, I mean, that's where you have to start and finish right. is, is at the Bible. Um, that was the, that's the Martin Luther thing here. You know, here I stand, I can do no other God help me. Like, right. That's like, what it comes down we to. We have, God has spoken. We have his word and that's it. So 
we don't have an excuse. So like, well, we didn't know or all whatever. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. That Christians like you have. Okay. I mean, I, Christians I, I would, like, I, would really... I hope that Christians like us are biblical. I hope by by Christians yes. like by Christians like you, yes. what we want that to mean is biblical. Like we say, oh, I don't have yes. a value the values of Christians like you. Okay, well, what's a Christian like me? Well, I hope it's biblical. I'm trying to be biblical, and, and come from Scripture. You know. Oh, here we go. Literally tell the importance of patriot. Yikes! Yeah, That's, again, Genesis, biblical, biblical, biblical. Abraham was a patriarch. Yes, you know. Isaac was a patriarch, you know, Jacob was a patriarch, like patriarchy. Mm. I mean, and, again, again, marriage. Right. You, he created man and he created woman as the helper. Like this is all biblical and we're trying to be biblical. We're not trying to be culturally relevant. Right. We're not trying to be socially acceptable. We're trying to be biblical. And if that says God has put in place a hierarchy of patriarchy to reflect Christ and right. God again, back to Christ. Christ and the church, husband and a wife. Yes, this is all representation of the gospel, and patriarchy is part of that biblically. Biblically, and we'll have that biblical argument. If you can say patriarchy is not biblical, we'll hash that out and, and figure that out. But we believe patriarchy is biblical, and that's the kind of Christians we want to be. Yes, Christians like you have values that Christ. I, our attempt is for those values to be biblical values. Right. Right. So. And, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like we came to these things, you know, gleefully, like, especially, you know, speaking personally, my, my, my drag into this patriarchal life was kicking and screaming. It was a pulled by your collar kind of thing. <laughs> and it's not, it's not what, you know, it's not at the end of the day, it's like you said, it's not come down to like, well, this is what my culture has said, or this is what, how I feel is correct. It's like, no, this is what the Bible has laid out and you can either live that or you cannot. Yeah, this isn't really like confirmation bias. Like, right. Yeah, we're, right. <laughs> we're biased toward like sin like right and accept one another you don't see you do that well you're wrong about the main message that's right. just what it comes down to <laughs> what does it mean to love what does it mean to right. accept what are christians biblically minded god law observing christians allowed to tolerate right i mean you talk about love well what is love you know what is acceptance that's defined biblically and again we define love, we define acceptance biblically. And what does that show us? God has a standard and he and he does not tolerate other things. Right. So we ought not to tolerate other things. Right. If that conflicts with our cult twenty twenty one culture, <laughs> sorry, you know, you're not seeing us do that. You're right. <laughs> the main message was love and accept one another. Okay, you gotta define those things biblically. And I'd like to see you try. Like, right. if you're defining those things culturally, yeah, you're right. We're way off. But if you're defining those things, love and acceptance biblically, then that's what we strive to be. That's what and we strive to do. The message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was that was the message. Right. We're commanded to love right. God. Right. The <laughs> first know? and greatest commandment. Right. So. But. I don't anyway. know. Yeah, Jay, watch all the episodes and get back to us. We're yeah, man. We're willing to hear you out, but, you we'll know. Definitely, we'll continue any conversation for sure. Tell us if you have problems and we'll hash them out. We're here for it. Yeah, we'll hear it. We'll, we'll, we'll contend with it for sure. Absolutely. In the meantime, uh, the schedule's been a little wonky lately. We've had a lot of stuff going on, but hopefully we'll get back to some normalcy on Thursday nights. So Solas, we're going through the five solas. Yeah, we're going through all yeah. five, so we'll get through the we'll get through these eventually. 
<laughs> but we'll we'll plot our way through them, as Doug Wilson would say. We're we're uh, we're we're not efficient. We're productive. So there we go. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Let's put the email up because uh, if we do have any questions, concerns, you can reach us. Make sure I type it out right. I, I, I write that a lot for work about okay. If you have any questions or concerns, what I always <laughs> what I always think about is uh, I think it's a Demetri Martin joke about like it's like you know I was eating this cereal and on the back of the box was this phone number, which is great because I had all, had all these questions and comments. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> for any questions or comments, call. Timeandplacepod at gmail.com. Timeandplacepod at gmail.com. Anything you got, <laughs> we're willing to hear it. So, you know, yeah. let's have it. All right. Anyways, in the meantime, until next week, this has been the time. This has been the place. We'll see you guys. Peace. See you.